Hello, and welcome to another episode of Alex Speaks. I am your host, Alex Grievous. Thank you for, thank you to all of you who listen every episode. If you didn't listen last week, you missed a great guest, Camden Hale. We talked about animation, autism, and cartoons. This week, we have another great guest that I will introduce soon. This week, I learned that I needed to have surgery. My doctors told me that I needed to have my tonsils and adenoids taken out. With this surgery, I will breathe a lot better, and I can eat all the popsicles and ice cream I want. I also get to stay home from from school for a week. My grandma will be coming over to help my parents take care of me when they go to work. I will probably watch a lot of Young and the Restless with her because that is her favorite show. The next time you'll hear me, my voice will probably sound different. I want to say congratulations to my cousin Isaiah. He graduated from high school and will be going and he will be going to college in Monterey. His graduation was so long. Afterwards, we had dinner, dinner, and the pizza was really, there was really good. Congratulations, Isaiah. Isaiah. Okay, it's joke time. I have brought a joke, and as always, my my guest will bring a joke. My joke is, why wouldn't, anyone give Elsa a balloon because she'd let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Lamar, what is your jokes? Alright, here's my joke. What is the very best thing about Switzerland? I don't know. Their flag's a plus, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. great. Next, I have one more. Can I give one more? Yeah. What do you call a dinosaur that crashes his car? What? A Tyrannosaurus Rex. Get it? Rex. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I I am excited to have my uncle and godfather, Pastor Lamar Pringle, on my show today. Pastor Lamar was born in Ohio and moved to Sacramento from Nebraska. He has a bachelor's degree in education as well as a master's degree in urban study and an emphasis on theology from Eastern University. He has been married to my aunt Lakeisha for 19 years and they have three daughters. I can proudly announce that Pastor Pringle is the first African American pastor at the oldest church in Sacramento, the First Baptist Church of Sacramento. He is focused on bringing many people of different backgrounds together. Pastor Moore has a passion for diversity. He can read, write, and recite sculptures in Hebrew. I mean, scriptures in Hebrew. Pastor Pastor Moore loves to bring bring to life the living word of God in fun, creative, and original ways. I am so glad to have Pastor Lamar on the Alex Speaks podcast. Welcome to my show, Uncle Lamar. Thank you for being here. And thank you for having me, nephew. This is going to be fun. Okay, I'm going to ask you my questions. Ready? I'm ready. Okay, so why did you become a pastor? Why did I become a pastor? Short version, because I think God has a great sense of humor. Long version, I grew up seeing my mom as a social worker help people, and all I ever wanted to do was help people in the best way that I know how. And talking about God and love, 
seemed to be a perfect fit for me in helping people. But I still believe that God has a great sense of humor in picking someone as crazy funny as me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how did my next question is kind of like my first one, but how did you become a pastor? How did I become a pastor? One, kicking and screaming. Two, um, it was around the age of about 22. Um, my uncle, um, he's a pastor. He is so cool. And he would talk about God in a way that I never heard churches do. When I would go to church, I remember would feel sad or bored. But my uncle would make church fun and exciting. And I'd understand what he was saying, which was so weird. And so when I was in college, I kept calling him. And when I graduated, and um, I moved to Nebraska because I wanted to learn how to be a pastor. I wanted to do everything he told me to do. So if it was going to seminary, if it was going to grad school, just teach me how to become the very best version I, I can. Because the way you talk about God, the way you talk about people, the way you talk about love, and you're always smiling, and you're always hugging people, and even when you have bad days, you get over them, and you know how to get over through them with a smile. So that was how I became a, a pastor. I followed in some giant shadows and footsteps and, and did all the steps that I was supposed to, that I was supposed to take. Interesting. I didn't know that your uncle was a pastor. Yes, I have four uncles that are pastors. Hmm. I was trying to avoid being a pastor. I thought it was going to be one of my older brothers. <laughs> you know, if, there, if there's pastors and families, I was hoping it was one of them, not me. <laughs> I felt I was way too silly to be a pastor. Oh. Well, you're the best pastor, one of the best pastors I know. Well, thank you. I feel like I'm one of the best pastors I know, too. So <laughs> we have a lot in common. <laughs> How old were you when you started being a pastor? How old I was. My first pastorate job, I was 28 years old, 27, 28 years old, and I was so scared. I was super afraid. I was afraid to speak in front of people. Um, I only knew like how to read the Bible in Hebrew and in English. And I could explain it, but it seemed like I would explain it like super duper deep and it would go over people's heads. And every Sunday, I remember, I'd almost feel like as a young preacher, I'd have to throw up before I'd preach because I was so nervous. And I'm like, no one's going to like what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, um, so I was around 28. And um, by the time I was 30, I felt much better doing it. By the time I was 30, I was solely, I was strictly just a youth pastor working with kids teens, high school kids, college kids, elementary school kids, and that's actually when it became super fun for me, right when I was 30. It made sense to me then because kids weren't looking at me with so much stress in their eyes. They weren't judging me. I could talk to them and hang out with them and we could have fun, and I remember what it was like being a kid. And I really, I do kid stuff. I read comic books. I play video games. Um, I, you know, I watch every Marvel and superhero movie. So being a youth pastor to me was like the greatest thing ever because I would have nothing but 10-year-old boys at my house hanging out and we'd eat pizza and chili cheese fries and play video games all night. I mean, that was like the greatest thing. I was like, this is cool pastoring. No one ever did that. I didn't have a youth pastor when I was a kid, so I didn't know that's what like youth pastors did, doing that. And then everybody would just ask questions, and we'd have Bible study. And it was so that really, when I was 30 to about 35, that made all the fear go away, and I became super comfortable being a pastor. So what is your most interesting experience of being a young pastor? My most interesting experience is being the first African-American pastor of this church. 
I have probably a lifetime worth of stories, and I've only been here under three years. Mm -hmm. To see to, to see people wanting to come together, it's to me it's so fascinating to see white and black and brown and people you don't even know what race they are coming together on purpose and not being judgmental, not being angry, not being rude, not being nasty to each other, but literally smiling and hugging. And we're all singing awkwardly, off key, clapping, off beat, but we're all still smiling. And I think that is, that's the most interesting thing is what I'm currently involved in. I get to really pour into my experience working with kids, I think makes me a better pastor for me, because even when I'm talking to parents, I remember what it was like what their kids kind of need. So I can talk to parents and their kids. Plus, I, I think it makes me pretty a pretty good dad, <laughs> having to work with kids as long as I did. <laughs> so how did you become senior pastor at the First Baptist oh, Church of Sacramento? That's like uh, how anybody becomes president in this country. They take a vote. <laughs> they really do. They had to vote. I was here for about a year before in essence campaigning i worked under the former senior pastor and i had to prove to the congregation and to the church board that i was i was a worthy candidate to get behind and then in october or september of 2016 they had a vote and that's a really stressful thing because you're here and they're all voting on you i'm not even the pastor yet i just work here i'm just you know and they're voting on your promises if you can do what you said that you're going to do and they vote and then they count the votes in front of you and then they announce it in front of you and the only votes that you know you got are from your family you know and yeah. so um, that's how I became the pastor and on September I think 14th or 16th or something like that 2016 I, that's when I found out they announced it probably an hour that was the longest hour ever it shouldn't take an hour to count 140 votes I'm just saying I just felt like they counted it eight times just to be sure maybe they did a Doctor Strange 14 million 65 on it but when they finally counted I had received every vote but one so I won by 98% of the vote <laughs> okay so you've studied theology what is theology theology is thoughts about God how you think about God and how do you put that down in words how do you explain that to people so that's what theology is um. So how did you learn Hebrew? How did I learn Hebrew? Um, I heard it as a kid growing up. Um, but how I learned, I, uh, my daughter, oldest daughter was six or seven, six, in kindergarten, learning the alphabet. And so I decided, let me print off the Hebrew alphabet and teach her at the same time. Because while her brain is still malleable, I mean, it could, it could take it in, so can mine. So that's actually how we started practicing the alphabet at the same time, both. She stopped doing it, I kept doing it, and words started making sense because I remember hearing them as a kid and seeing them and learning the um, Aleph bait 14, 17 years ago. Um, yeah, so I've been doing that for 17 years, constantly reading it. So that's how I learned, just starting with the alphabet. Yeah. So something that many people may not know about you is that you're, you're a huge Marvel fan. Absolutely. Fan. So what do you like about the Marvel Europe? Here's what I love about it. Um, I love that when Captain America and Iron Man and Thor, when they came out, I was a young dad. I was that 28-year-old pastor. 
you know, and it was the only thing in my world. Being a pastor at 28, a young father, husband, none of that I don't know how to do. I don't really know how to be a dad. I don't really know how to be a husband. And I don't know how to be a pastor because I'm still young. I'm learning. Marvel made what was the only thing that was made sense to me. It was family. It was comforting. It was like I was a kid. It made it was things that I looked at as a kid. It was things that made me happy inside. Things that made me silly. It was something really cool to watch on TV because I didn't want to be like a super old stuffy adult at 28. Mm -hmm. That would be way too boring. And so that's one of the reasons it stuck because I'm a young dad and I get to take my kids with me. And it was an excuse to go see a kid movie that I thought in my head. But I loved every aspect of it. It was like adults that were making movies that I was a kid to see them in life. You know, I grew up watching Ninja Turtles, and to see a real movie about Ninja Turtles was cool. Because as a kid, we never, we only dreamt. We, you know, me and my friends would be around like, it'd be great if this was a real movie. No one was making movies like that. We'd read comic books. That would be great if this was a real movie. And there never was a movie about it. And so that's why it stuck. And to and to watch my kids get really into it over the last 10, 11 years has been really cool. Yeah, so who's your favorite Marvel character and why? My favorite Marvel character is, man, that is, it is, can it, it's, uh, it's, it's Bruce Banner, Tony Stark. <laughs> It's like if they were one. It's I'm torn. I'm really when I was a kid, here's my reason. Up until Marvel came out, Incredible Hulk was my favorite as a comic book. And as a kid, because it's the show that I seen, I loved Incredible Hulk. But when Iron Man the movie came out, I thought it was the most impressive, cool thing I've ever seen because he's rich, he's funny, he's kind of mean, but then he became super lovable. So I'm gonna go with Tony Stark. I'm, I'm pers personally, my favorites are Black Panther and Spider-Man. I like it. I like it. I, and, I, and if I was 28, it would be exactly what you said. It would. <laughs> I just had to choose the old guys now, you know, because like Tony Stark's like 50, so I have to go with old people. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is, why is diversity so important to you? Like, why do you like it a lot? This is why I, I like it, and I'm going to tell it in a story format. Um, uh, earlier this year, I went to a rally and a protest at the state capitol um, for the shooting on Stefan Clark. My kindergartner, she asked me the next week, she said, Daddy, what do you do? When you're not preaching, what do you do? And I said, well, I help people. And when I go places, I help bring peace. And I said, do you know what peace is? And she said, yes. It's like when you bring calmness. I said, so that's what I do. I said, when I go to these places, I'm going because there was some really sad stuff that happened. She said, well, what happened? I said, well, these cops had shot this unarmed black kid, and everybody's angry, and everybody's sad. So when I go, I, I give peace. So she said, oh, why don't you all go to the zoo? And I said, what do you mean? She said, adults need to go to the zoo. I said, well, explain. She said, well, daddy. We have black and brown and yellow kids in our class, and we go to the zoo and we all get along. So why don't you adults go to the zoo and then you'll stop arguing and then there won't be is what she calls racism. And so that's why diversity is important to me because although we're not gonna go to the zoo every week, at least if we can come together, we can stop being angry with each other about what the color of your skin, the color of your eyes, where you live, how much money you have, what school you went to, what school you didn't go to. When we're here, we're all family. We're all crazy, fun family. We're just going to talk about love. And that's why diversity is important to me. 
So can you explain your vision for the First Baptist Church with us? Yes, uh, my vision is to make sure that this church in the middle of Midtown becomes a, a bright light for all people. It helps all people, regardless of what they believe, regardless of what they do for a living and what life path they are on. My job is to make sure this place remains a place of love and it works with all people. If it can continue to do that and connect to the neighborhood and connect to the people, this church, which is how I call the coolest 169-year-old church in Sacramento, will definitely end up being the coolest 170-year-old, 200-year-old church. We'll just keep it going because the vision is to keep loving people and working with all people to make a better Sacramento for all people. Mic drop. Oh, we got more. Keep going. What makes you a change maker? What makes me a change maker? Um, I do. I get extremely bored staying the same. I do. I don't like things staying the same because that's the one thing I've learned about life is it keeps changing. The days will change. The times will change. The second hand on the clock changes. So being comfortable with change, not everybody is. And since not everybody's comfortable with change, those of us that are comfortable, we need to make it a little more comfortable for people who hate change. And so as a change maker, one of my jobs is to make it comfortable and not hurt as bad for people who are reluctant to change. Because we're gonna to have to move forward anyway. I just don't, I just want less and less people to get hurt and sad as we move forward. So my final question is, if you could tell your 11 year old self anything, what would you say? Um, do not put a pro line in your hair. No, okay. Um, only a few people might get that. Um, my beard is amazing as an adult. Um, <laughs> let me see, as 11, all of your dreams will come true. What you dream, will, you'll see. And do, be encouraging. And definitely don't put a pro line in your hair. <laughs> you will not have hair at 41. <laughs> Okay, so, but I'll ask you my 10 quick questions. This better get 1,000 views, I'm just saying. 1,000 listeners. I'm going to listen to it 998 times, just to let you know. So, we're going to hit the gloves. So, so my, here's my 10 quick questions. Okay. Ready? Okay, so, what is your favorite game to play? Favorite game to play currently yeah. is Spider-Man. Okay. PS4. So, so, what is your favorite pastime? Favorite pastime, reading a book. Movie? Movie is currently in Infinity War still. T-shirt to wear? T-shirt to wear. I have an Iron Man T-shirt that I wear to bed. <laughs> cartoon. My favorite cartoon, it's still all time, Ren and Stimpy. I don't even know if it's on, but Ren and Stimpy is the greatest cartoon of all time. Color? Orange. Snack? Snack? Oh, cupcakes, Hostess cupcakes. I have one at night. That is my guilty pleasure. I have one every night. Actor? My favorite actor, he's never been in a bad movie, Tom Hanks. Okay, so Bible? My favorite Bible? My own. The oh, Holy favorite one. person in the Bible. Oh, favorite Sorry. person in the Bible. Um, Jesus. Book. My favorite book is The Slight Edge. Okay, so thank you, Uncle Omar, for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. I'm thankful to be able to talk to you today. There is something that is said every week in the welcome at the First Baptist Church in Church of Sacramento. If you are in need of friends, you can find friends here. If you are looking for a place where everyone is nice, you should come to the First Baptist Church. Uncle Amari, how would you like to end this show? How would I like to end it? With this great song. <laughs> We're going to sing a song. I wrote it. You want to 
I'm just playing. We're not going to sing a song. <laughs> we can end it any way you want. This has been great. You are a star. I love you, but this is great. I'm going to listen to it. I'm telling you, like 998 times. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Alex Speaks. I am your host, Alex Grievous, and I will be back with another soon with another community leader. Remember to celebrate being different. Bye.